Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Hi, everyone. All right, there we go. So before I share, I just want to take a moment and just um, honor Pastors Pradeepan and Amritha. I mean, um, you know, just watching you and just how you encourage and edify us and um, just how you really just want to see people see Jesus has just been really encouraging. So I just want to say thank you um, so much for that. Um, But today I'm so excited to share um, about not knowing, so I don't know, um, and the beauty and the mystery of how God works. And so specifically want to dig into Ecclesiastes 11.5, which says this, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Have you ever been in situations or places where you just didn't get why? So let me give you uh, some, some whys that you may or may not relate to. Okay. So why is the word abbreviated such a long word, right? Okay, okay, here's another one. Um, why, why does bottled water expire? Does that make any sense? Go look at a bottle of water whenever you get, get a chance. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, okay, so why do we park on driveways but not on parkways? Does it make sense, right? What's, here's another one. Um, and maybe for the new parents in the room. Um, so why do people say they slept like a baby when babies only get a few hours of sleep at night? Just, I'm just saying, just saying. Okay. Um, just, <laughs> just, just saying. Okay. Um, just just want to take it a little bit deeper. Um, why do 130 people a day commute, commit suicide and, and um, succeed in taking their lives? Um, or why something personal... Because why is my oldest best friend of 25 years, she just found out a few weeks ago, her husband was diagnosed with an incurable cancer. And so in pretty much every season, I haven't understood or 100% understood why. But what I do know is that God is always up to something and is how. Um, The last couple weeks, I've had the beautiful pleasure of having my in-laws in town. And I love my in-laws. And it just reminded me of their visit just reminded me of how I got here in Seattle. And my why question that I had about seven years ago was, has quickly become a what if question. So what if I had never said yes to moving to Seattle about seven years ago? Um, I received a phone call like really randomly after ignoring three emails from a recruiter that I thought was, you know, just, you know, no one, I, I didn't think it was real. Um, and so I never applied for the job. Two weeks. Um, two weeks and eight interviews later, I was already moving to Seattle. Um, and then two weeks after I landed here, I met my husband, who had also moved here from England like a month ago. And then two years later, I got married. And then literally in a couple weeks, we get to celebrate a whole four years of marriage and being together. And what I will say is that there's no way that I would have been able to connect the dots um, moving forward, but I can start to connect, maybe not understand all the whys, but I can connect them looking backwards. 
Um, and I'm sure like meteorologists know a lot about what causes the wind and doctors know a lot about how babies are developed in the womb or how to even beat cancer. But I can guarantee you that they do not know um, it all. You know, Solomon or Solomon um, reminds us of how limited we are in our knowledge. When it comes to God, we simply, we don't know everything. Um, but the Bible says that there is re reward in pursuit. Hebrews 11:6 6 says he's a diligent, he's a rewarder of those who diligently um, seek him. And so, you know, just like there's no limits to his love, his joy, his goodness, his peace, there's no limit to our knowledge of who he is. And for me, it, like, that's, what, that's been one of the most gratifying aspects of my relationship um, with God. It is God who knows everything. He's omniscient. Um, and how things work. It's God who decides like what will be and works everything out that, that, that happens out. We may never know how he chooses to work things out, but Romans 8.28 says that he works it out for the good of those that love him that are called according to his purposes. And so what he's doing is far beyond our ability to control or get it. And accepting today is really how we can best steward what is right here in front of us. Um, so versus being like stagnant or confused um, by what, what is uncertain around us. So if you're in a place where you are uncertain, where you are just tired, can someone say tired, tired? There you go. Um, can I just remind us not to be weary in well-doing? I'm gonna close with this. Um, you know, let's in Colossians 2, 2, 2 to 3, it says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that, that they may have the riches and complete understanding. Um, and they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so in those moments where you have legitimate questions, be reminded that his ways are mysterious and that it is a good thing. Um, in, those, in those moments where you don't get why, um, just know that he's working whether you realize it or not. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm Joel Tershek. I've been connected to the Kalos uh, Church community for about two and a half years, first coming right before the pandemic, but felt a sense of community and welcomeness. And I heard this thing about being a church of friends, and I've really seen that over the last two and a half years. So. That's been awesome. Keep that up. Um, so when I was asked to uh, present today, I looked at the topics and I saw uh, contentment in Christ. And it's like, I've got to take that one because I really need some personal work there. So it's been a really awesome series, really awesome messages. There was one really troubling spot, though, um, an outcome. I cannot drink LaCroix anymore. <laughs> but I put that behind me and I'm going to cross that bridge later. Yeah. All right. So let's get into Ecclesiastes. I found out that it's one of the books of uh, wisdom, and uh, some of the others are Psalms and Proverbs, but it's kind of really refreshing to know that all the wisdom is there and available for us. So we're going to start by going into Ecclesiastes 4.4 and 4.8, which really left me uh, ponder pondering. So uh, next slide should be coming up here. 4.4 uh, talks about uh, a person who toils and uh, is successful in many persons' eyes, but he's not content with his wealth. And uh, he talks about uh, not being, being deprived of enjoyment and being meaningless. 
and a miserable business. So it's like, what word, what conjures up when you start hearing about miserable? It's not a really good uh, um, picture. So kind of started with that. And uh, I could really relate to that because uh, um, oftentimes um, I don't feel like I'm content like I should be. I, I, I worry about things. I think about the future. I think about things that I can't control. And it's really not... Uh, usually very, very healthy. I'm going to kind of share uh, a book that I read a number of years ago. It's called The Happiness Advantage. So it kind of speaks to contentment and how a positive brain fuels success um, in work and life. It's uh, by a Harvard professor called Sean Acor. But he says we're wired that um, in a typical formula, we're wired to think if we work hard, we will become successful. And finally, we will be happy or content. And it really doesn't work that way because we just continue to put things out in front of us that we believe will make us satisfied and content. So, you know, believe me, the snowmobile that I had in the 1970s doesn't bring me much contentment anymore. The motorcycle in the 80s, the car in the 90s. But it's a natural thing. We do, we do that. We put those things and we say, if I just get that raise, that promotion, that trip, I'm going to be happy. And it's not, it's not everlasting. I also wanted to kind of share, had the opportunity to go on a mission trip a number of years ago with my youngest son to Haiti, and uh, it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It's been devastated by earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, bad government, you name it, and you were expecting to kind of see people who are depressed, and it's actually quite the opposite. You see people that are are happy with what they have, happy being around family, um, worshiping fully, um, following Jesus, and with many smiles on their face. So it was a real kind of wake-up call uh, for us as, as we did that. So, um, you know, God wants us to accept the gifts that have been uh, provided to us and be happy with our toil and enjoy them. And we need to kind of reset our mind and our framework sometimes um, to do that. So I want to kind of go to the slide with the five, five points. These are my uh, challenges for the day. So um, the five from the five in five is <laughs> one, stop comparing yourself to others. Uh, we, we are all unique. God has created us, us uniquely. Um, enjoy what you have. Don't focus on what you don't have. You know, be captivated with your purpose and kind of explore what are the spiritual gifts that God gave us. He all gave us different gifts. Uh, seek out wisdom, which we now know there's lots of it in the Bible, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, so on and so forth. And approach what you do, which are your toils, in a way that gives glory uh, to God each day and every day. So I really feel like the series has been speaking to me. And I was driving to work the other day, and I was just about to the office, pulling into the garage, and uh, Maverick City was... Uh, singing to me, and all of a sudden my antennas went up, and the song, which you'll kind of recognize, I was hearing, I will be content in every circumstance, and the choir responded, Jaira, you are enough. And that was kind of a, a cool message, so thanks for the opportunity. Uh, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Wazi. Um, 
I am from Malawi, um, so excuse the accent if some words sound unfamiliar or, <laughs> or funny. Uh, but today's message is basically coming from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Uh, and the cross of the message is the things, the desires, the pleasures of this world will not satisfy. Um, like Joel said, uh, as human beings, we have a tendency to think or fantasize that if I get or achieve something that I currently don't have, then maybe I'll find fulfillment or satisfaction, right? So it is interesting that in God's holy book, in his word, uh, he includes the story of a man who had everything that his heart ever desired, but yet in the end still felt empty. In fact, he said he hated life that it was meaningless, it was a chasing after the wind. Uh, and I feel like God did this on purpose to uh, point us to the ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment that is found in his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, even the wrath of God was fully satisfied in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So today, uh, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So in John 10, 10, uh, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly, have it to the full. If you have life to the full, you basically, uh, you have dominion. And I like what Romans 5, 17 says. It says that those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign through the one man, Jesus Christ. Um, so the key uh, to finding fulfillment in life is really found in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Um, I like what this quote says. I mean, this verse says in Proverbs 20, 21, uh, the, the Passion Translation. It says, the lovers of God who chase after righteousness will find all their dreams come true an abundant life drenched with favor and the fountain that overflows with satisfaction, right? So uh, Jesus backs this up in Matthew 6.33. He says that, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you, right? So the good news is this gift of righteousness is within everybody's reach because 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that God for our sakes made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So righteousness is simply a gift that's given unto you when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And today I can relate to this story because uh, I can relate to this message because I know what it feels like to be chasing after the wind. Um, before I recommitted my life to Christ last year in September 2021 when I came to Kettle Church, I was pretty much given to um, debauchery as a, as a coping mechanism for my anxiety um, and, uh, and loneliness. I was pretty much approaching dating wrong and seeking for love in all the wrong places, right? And so eventually that hedonistic lifestyle caught up to me and brought a lot, brought a lot of hurt, pain, frustration, confusion, drama, toxic relationships, fits of rage, accidents, you know, fights, found myself trying to clear my name in court, trying to defend myself, you know, all these bad things. So I said, sheesh, like this can't be my life, you know? <laughs> so I said, God, <laughs> God, I say, like, uh, all right, I'll take you up on your offer. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, I come to me, all those who are heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest, right? So I say, that's me. So today I can also relate to this quote by Lecrae. Um, it basically says that I learned the hard way that you cannot sin your way out of suffering, right? Because it, you just create more suffering from your sin, right? Uh, so uh, today I still go through it. I still have a lot of problems and everything, and sometimes I'm even tempted, like, all right, God, I'm going to walk out, peace, I'm out of here. Right. Uh, but then I realized one thing that the rain falls both on the godly and ungodly. Right. Uh, so no matter your faith or creed, problems are still going to come your way. But the difference is only God is able to redeem your pain and make it work out for your good. Like Christine said, uh, Romans 8, 28. Right. Uh, what, what the devil meant for bad, God can turn for, 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 for good. Right. So it is meaningless to go with to, to go in life without God. Right. That's basically what Ecclesiastes concludes. Right. Um, so. Uh, check out what Isaiah uh, 55, 1 to 
3 says, starting from verse 2, says that why spend money on what, what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me, listen to me, and eat what is good and will delight in the riches of fear. Give ear, come to me, listen, that you may live. Right? So in Matthew 4 4, uh, just says that I've come. No, just, wait, hold up. Just says that, <laughs> just says that man cannot live on bread alone, but on each and every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? So in John 1, we know that in the beginning was the word, and the word was this God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, right? So Jesus is the word. He's a true bread from heaven, and only him can truly satisfy. And just like every day you need to satisfy, I mean, to nourish your body with food, your soul needs the same thing every day. You need to be nourished in the word of God, and that's why Jesus says you cannot live on bread alone, right? So my challenge for you, to, for me today, for you guys today, is to find your satisfaction daily in God. Seek first the righteousness of God, and everything else will be added up to you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, um, my name is Sandra Ramirez, um, <laughs> and we're going to be talking today about friendship and community. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about me. I'm Colombian. I'm from Colombia, South America, and I'm always happy, jumping, full of energy, so positive, and sometimes so loud. Then uh, it doesn't look good. <laughs> anyway, um, I have been married with Daniel for the last 13 years, and God has given us a couple of great kids, Samuel and Gabriel. Um, and we have moved here from Michigan. Uh, God moved us here because Daniel got an offer. Then we were excited. Yeah, right. We were just moving because God told us we have to move. Um, then we moved, and uh, I would say, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to move, and we're going to find multiple things. We're going to make our life here. Well, I found myself for the last year being kind of so focused in desiring to find a home and just set up my house or my my, the place that I can call home, that actually I found myself alone. Doesn't matter how happy you supposedly are or how many people you have around. Then I went to, uh, I went to trying to find this issue in the Bible, and I found a verse that catch my attention. That is Ecclesiastes 4, and I say, There was a man all alone. He had neither son or brothers. There was no end to his toil. Yes, his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who I'm toiling, he asked, and why I am depriving myself of enjoyment. This too is meaningless, uh, miserable business. When I read that, I love the part that say the second part that say that we just get so focused in our wealth, and at the long run, we never get excited, we never get the joy or the satisfaction that we look. Well, we create these wells. Do you know that? <laughs> I create my well when I move here. I say I'm gonna find a house and I'm gonna make it my home, and that was my well. And I just get so focused that I didn't even pay attention to nothing else. I just want that. That will be easy. In three months, we're going to get it done because we have done it before. We have moved in different, in different states and it didn't happen. Then you come here and they say, the market is hot. This is a lie. The market here is in fire. You cannot find anything. <laughs> then we were so depressed. Well, I was depressed. My husband was better than me. And then we went to the apartment and said, well, change the strategy. We just stay here for a little longer until we found the perfect house. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. Well, the lady, you remember when I started, I say I'm happy, positive, and enthusiastic, and I'm always full of life. Guess what? That girl disappeared. <laughs> I started to be really alone. I tried to isolate myself, and that is really a problem. Then I went back also to the scriptures, and I found what he recommend, actually. I'm just going to summarize it. It's 
three verses is uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 10, and 11. And in some parts say, there are better two than one. In 10 say, there is either for them, um, for them, uh, is either of them fall down, one can help the other up. And in the 11, he say, also if two lie down together, they will keep warm. That is true. I know it. I have been following God forever. And if you look in the Bible, you always find verses like that. You just have to be around people. But I made the decision to be alone. Thanks God, I have people that love me enough, my husband, my kids, and so many people from Kalos asking me how I was doing. And I just come and tell them my frustrated heart. Oh, this is horrible. This place here is horrible. I don't know why we moved here and all this drama. <laughs> what come to the point is I realized doing this that so many of us here in Seattle are just people that are newcomers. Then we have most of the time two options. We can be alone because we focus so much in our well. Remember, my well was to find a place that could, I could call home. And the second part is we are actually isolated because we don't have friends. Then my invitation for you today is take the time to look around. You are not alone. Kalos can be a community for you. Was a community for us. Has been a community for me and my family. It doesn't have to be Kalos. doesn't matter. Ask God who you have to, where do you have to go? Just follow God. But remember here that the, we have an open arms to listen to you. And you are not alone. You decide to be alone. And that's a total different thing. Okay? Um, and I invite you to just be part of us if that's what God put in your heart. That's all I have to say. <laughs> All right, my name is John Boyd. I'm gonna jump right in because I'm scared of the passage of linear time. So, <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh, enjoying your work. And we're gonna be preaching out of Ecclesiastes, which if you guys haven't picked up on this, a uh, bit of a downer, bit of a downer the book. And so there are two passages, the, probably the most uplifting passages uh, that Ecclesiastes has, uh, and they're about work. And so the first one is Ecclesiastes 5.18. And it says, this is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. <laughs> Uplifting. Uh, the other one is Ecclesiastes 9.10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Powerful, uplifting, Spirit 105.3. Right? So how do you enjoy your work? I, this is a little bit of a tough message for me to preach because I have had a lot of jobs. I have been an adult for about eight years, and I've, and I've had a bunch of jobs. I've been a farmhand, a janitor, an inventory manager. That's the end of the rhyming portion. I've also been a lumber broker, barista, ice cream scooper, warehouse worker, Uber driver, Manny. That's a job. Social worker, youth director. I've worked in retail. I've worked part-time. I've worked full-time. I've worked overtime. I've worked double-time. I've bussed. I've biked. I've walked. I've ran. Sometimes multiple of those to get to the same stagnated minimum wage. And I'll tell you what. When you're doing two-thirds of a triathlon to get to work, it's hard to enjoy your work. I, I don't have to explain this to you because a lot of you have worked with customers, yeah? Or you're maybe in the upper tax bracket where they're clients or the one above where they're investors, but it's all people. So how do you, how do, you do it? Uh, and, and this is the truth that I found. Your job is not always your work. 
And the Apostle Paul demonstrates this fantastically. He was a tent maker by trade, but that was not his work if you read the New Testament. But why do we have both? From a Christian worldview, you can actually find that answer on pages one and two of the Bible. We serve a living creator God that breathed life into a dead universe, and we are his creation. And we were made in his image, and not physically. Like, I made an image of God, but he doesn't look like me, please, right? A white male? No! But we are made in the image of a creator, so we are creators. And you don't have to be a great artist or a musician to make great creations. We are all creating something every moment of every day, and it's our story. And it's our story. It's made up of our actions and our relationships and our choices. And that was the other thing offered to us in that garden, and the same thing offered to us today is a choice. How are we going to tell that story? How are we going to go about that? Are we going to walk in the ways of God? Or are we going to define good and evil for ourselves? And the problem is that when we do that, we often are biased towards what's good for us and our people at the expense of you and your people. And that creates a life full of toil, toil that leads to death. And that's where the story could have ended if it were up to us. But that's not where God's story ended because every other page of the Bible is God's work, God's story of redemption of rescuing his people in the form of Jesus, who became a human and felt our pain and faced our choices, and he told his story in line with God, and it was a story full of toil, but it ended in life. And the gospel is that that is offered to us, that our toilsome story can end in life. But the good news of the gospel is that that's not it, that we don't have to just cast aside our story, but that he could take our story and weave it in to the larger story that he's telling. He can make our story his story. He actually says it uh, in Matthew, which we have on the screen. He says, uh, I also have it on my phone. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. And so the offer that is extended to us for our work, not our job, but our work, is the work of Christ. And the work of Christ is to become more like Christ. And to become more like Christ is to become more human. And humans enjoy being human. And so if you want to enjoy your work, you need to make it the work of Christ. I wish that I had like a quick tip or a life hack about how to enjoy your job. Because it's easy to say like, oh, enjoy your work here at church on a Sunday. But like tomorrow's Monday. And then it's Tuesday after that. And it keeps going. And we have a toilsome life ahead of us. And it ends in life, but we're still here now. And so I don't know actually how you enjoy your work. That's actually something between you and Jesus. Whatever your work is, I don't know what that is. Jesus does. But I know that it's possible because I've met parents. Parents with children. Children are hard work, I hear. Any amens out there? But you also end up enjoying your kids somehow. Like they poop on you, but then you still love them. I don't, I've heard the quote, like, I love my kids all the time, just not every day. <laughs> so parents have an idea about how to hold both of these, and I don't think that we need to have a kid to experience that for ourselves. Three years ago, when I was in the middle of a lot of these jobs, I prayed a new prayer. Not a reactionary prayer, the typical, like, thank you, I'm sorry, help me, but a proactive prayer. A prayer for creation power. And I gave up what I thought that my work looked like, and I asked for work to be given to me. And it's been three years of toil, and there's toil ahead of me for sure. But now, honestly, for the first time, my work and my job are the same. And that's a blessing. Because even if I didn't get paid for it, I enjoy my work. Because it's the work of Christ in me. 
And that's what's offered to you as well. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time. Yeah.